what is up? Hello. How 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 are you? Thank you for uh, thank you for being here. I'm sorry about the, uh, the connection issues earlier. Oh no no that's just that's just my fault. I was uh, I was with a prostitute and I still had time left. So yeah, you, that you don't want that to run out. And I I would not want you to waste that on me. So thank you very much, man. That that's an honor. So cool. <laughs> I uh, so I have to ask. They didn't they didn't really tell me which member of Guar or members of Guar that we were going to be talking to the spaceship, your, your, your spaceship. They sent us a message. They said, Guar is going to be here. Open the door. Whoever comes in can come in. So can you please introduce yourself to the audience? I am Pustulus Maximus, lead guitar player extraordinaire of the intergalactic rock and roll band Guar. Hell yeah. Pustulus Maximus. Well, sir, how are you doing on this current tour celebrating 30 years of scum dogs of the universe how does that feel the tour is great you know i mean we're playing uh celebrating the anniversary of a record i'm not even on you know yeah. playing a bunch of people every night and it's it's pretty cool it's actually very cool you know the the material is coming across really well we've got techno destructo back and you know for those that aren't super familiar with the guar lore uh, Techno Destructo has not appeared on stage with Guar in almost 20 years. So having him back on stage is phenomenal. He's a brilliant performer, and uh, but he's also trying to attack us every night. So we yeah. fight and re-enslave him and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, cool. man, I, that that's really cool. And um, I, I got to see the Pittsburgh date. Of, of this tour, which was back in September. That's where, that's where I'm at. And um, you guys have always been really cool to come through Pittsburgh all the time. You guys always play uh, Mr. Smalls. Are you familiar with that? Oh yeah. Love Mr. Smalls. Yeah. We, that's, that's really cool. Cause growing, growing up, man, I would come see me and my friends. We, we'd go see Guar all the time. We must've saw you like 15 times, <laughs> you know, gr growing up over the years into to see you come back and do this whole album and uh, and, and, and see all the everything come back kind of full circle is very uh, gratifying. And I have to say you guys do it, do a kick ass job. Thank and you. What and I kind of wanted to talk about about that. Now, I know you're not on the record. Uh, the, the record's 30 years old. And uh, do you join the band in what, 2012? That is correct. About 10 years ago. So how does uh, how does it feel to you playing the old material and, and how's it going over with with the crowd? It's way easier because I've had I've had, you know, 30 years to learn it. So <laughs> as opposed to I don't know if you guys ever tried up coming up with your own stuff, but that just, it's hard. <laughs> that, that, that is hard. Man. What, um, it's even harder. It's it's even harder getting a producer to like it. That's, that's my main challenge can we cuss and say fucking shit like that please it may okay. it will make us a lot more comfortable if you do fucking terrific all right but yeah no it it feels great playing the old material you know i've got a lot of respect for the old dogs you know especially my boy flattis mm -hmm. and uh, the you know the incarnation of flattis that was performing on the scum dogs record i've been a also a fan of that guitar playing style a lot i think it's it's pretty unique you know it's fitting i don't think it would have worked for 
you know, the entire duration of Guara's career. But for that period in time, it's, in my opinion, it's amazing. So to be able to replicate those sounds and, and tones every night is, is really, really cool. And uh, just seeing, you know, I don't know from, and from the fan perspective, you are getting a show that is as authentic as we can recreate it from that original Scum Dogs tour. And uh, back then the band was obviously touring on Scum Dogs. They might have been doing a few songs from Hello. And uh, if you were fortunate enough to see Guar back in the day, they were also doing a lot of songs from uh, America Must Be Destroyed um, on that tour, you know, because they used to play songs live uh, before the records came out, you know, but back then there wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't the internet and all that stuff that would just spoil your, uh, your, your listening experience of a record, but everything was, it was really cool to showcase that to a new audience. Yeah, that's, that comes across, man. You guys, I mean, for those out there that might not be familiar with your music or what you do, I always say like, even if you don't like music, you should see Guar, <laughs> you know, like your, your guys like- live show just transcends genre. It's, it's theater, it's art, like at its, at its finest, really as ridiculous as it is when it, when you boil it down to its essence, I mean, it's a extremely professional, like well-orchestrated, fantastically put together show, you know? And, you know, other, other bands, they get up there in t-shirt and jeans and, and play rock music. And it's like, but, we we're givers, you know, we, we give, we expel blood and bodily fluids all over the audience. And we just give so, so much. We're almost like, um, you know, I don't know what you'd call it. Philanthropists. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, man. It's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving, you know, it's like religion yeah. almost. I, would. I mean, I don't even do this for the money. I do this because I'm just such a generous person. Well, you got to pay the prostitutes with something. So maybe you get paid in like Guar uh, gets paid in alien currency. I'm, I'm sure anyway, right? Well, you only have to give them the illusion that they're getting paid. That's so, true. you know, but then you leave. But, uh, you know, I, I usually break them off some drugs and stuff like that. I, get, I mean, I only get paid in weed. It's true rock and roll lessons right there, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even smoke weed and they give me weed on tour. Does weed hit? the members of Guar the same as it hits the human race? Are you guys immune to that stuff? Or like what, what even happens? Uh, I don't do it because I went on a spirit quest one time and, you know, I, I hate being spiritual. So I stopped doing, I hate, I stopped doing spirits as well because Good. of that. Good for you. Man. Now I just do like speed and pre-workout. Awesome. And uh, well, We'll get to we'll get to pre-workout later. I'm a uh, part of this podcast is I'm a personal trainer and uh, run this brand called Death Comes Lifting. That's like a heavy metal fitness brand. So I always ask ah, fit, some like fitness that. questions, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that for sure, man. Um, when you say spiritual quest, did you go to like uh, the jungle and do ayahuasca or like what what do you mean by that? Pretty much. Yeah, that kind of that kind of thing. Well, you know, spirit quest, it could mean different things for different people, you know, meth in the desert on an Indian reserve. Sure. Or, you know, versus taking ayahuasca, you know, that's it's close. It's pretty close to the same thing. I just that that seems so that's so great that a member of Guar would do like I, I'm just I'm picturing obviously you and your, you know, alien form or your true form. I should say I was going to say costume, but I'll say your true form 
in uh, the jungle and on a spiritual enlightenment journey. And that just, that just brightened my day. So how did, how yeah, did you, what brought that on? Oh, just because I had a desire to commit some crimes against humanity. And I figured that if I was on a spirit quest while committing said crimes, I would be, uh, you know, it would be forgiven in some method, but that's not true. I can't go back there. There's big time warrants. Good. We won't talk about it then. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you covered, but going back. Yeah, I can't, to, I can't. I'll DM you some pictures. Please do, man. That'd be, that'd make our day. But uh, going back to the, to the tour, I want to just want to ask you like, having a chance to talk to somebody in Guar, someone on the inside, like I've always been curious as to what exactly goes in to the, to the show. Obviously it's immense and there's probably, you know, I has to be dozens of people behind the scenes, making sure that it all goes right. And uh, what was like rehearsal like coming up for this tour? Cause it was, it's your first tour in a while. We haven't seen you in a while and you come back with this big, explosive anniversary show and it's it's massive so i just kind of wanted to ask like what the fuck even happens get it going. rehearsal that's like rehearsals that that's how you break a band up yeah try to get everybody in the same room all the time we don't we don't do that we're, we're see we're what you call professionals but there is all kinds of other shit that you know i don't concern myself with like lighting and sound and merchandise and Unfortunately, we actually have to take care of these tasks because obviously we can't take care of them all. I mean, we're we're busy fighting for our lives on stage night after night because I mean, Guard in a sense we're just a rock and roll band. Yeah. But everybody likes to take their problems to the stage, and you know we have to dispatch those problems as quickly as possible. And that's where I get we get to the giving portion. You know where. If someone's foolish enough to make their way on stage with Guar, we'll quickly kill them and uh, we'll shower the audience in their blood. You know, I think that is, I think that's a very philanthropic uh, type of uh, type of thing. But yeah, I mean, the light show's great. You know, there's like, I don't know, there's a guitar, you know, we have backline techs that work hard as shit to get all our stuff up because I mean, Definitely. we ain't pushing no cases. We are rock stars. Yeah, you are divas. I get that. So you just get on stage and do your thing and you don't really concern yourself with the actual how the show works. Is that accurate? Hello, can you hear me? Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. It's all right. That's that's the best part about being in a band is constantly being inundated with fucking group texts about fucking bullshit. Oh man, that's everything though. You know, it's the world, that's the world we live in. And if Guar can't distance itself from it, then I think we're all fucked. But you guys do it, you guys do a remarkable job. And um, I kind of that's cool though. You guys, so you being the guitar player, you just kind of get on stage, your job's to rock, you don't concern yourself with the logistics of how the show's going. Is that accurate? No, no yeah. not at all. You know, it's like some would some would think that we would carry, you know, tanks of blood and and air compressors to spray the blood and all of it. And I that's and th those are all just rumors. You know, it's like the blood is coming from our victims. You know, straight up. So we're not we're not caring. And it's just, it is weird how the same victim comes out night after night. 
on tour. But you know, hey, that's that's just life on the road. You know what I mean? That's just normal stuff. Who is your favorite person that you have killed on stage, or your your favorite death that you could think of? Mm, favorite death. So they're all pretty great, man. That's that's a tough one. Well, I, I mean, can I don't tell know. you mine. I don't think you were in the band at the time. I think it was like, I don't know, you probably have done it since, but in 2000, I think nine, when it was Lust in Space, they brought out Michael Jackson and ripped his face off and blood squirted all over the audience. And then Michael Jackson fucked an alien baby and uh, blood came out of the, uh, I think it was green blood that came out of the alien baby's pussy from Michael Jackson's dick. And that always See, stuck with me. That's beautiful, man. That's, that's poetry emotion. It really is. I mean, it made it, it made an impact. I still haven't forgot it, you know, year, years later. And I, uh, I saw that and I was like, I think, I really think I want to turn my life around. I really think I want to do this rock and roll thing for a living. So thank you mm. for. You're very welcome. <laughs> so you guys could pretty much tour with, I mean, you've been around, obviously we're talking about 30 years since your, your first album, but you know, you can tour with anybody, I feel like, in any genre. You've done warp Tour. It would make sense if you, like, were with, were with anybody. So did you guys choose this lineup with Napalm Death and I Hate God on this tour? And, like, what went into, because uh, I'm sure you could have got kind of whoever you wanted. So why did you want to choose Napalm and I Hate God? Not that I'm complaining, by the way. I think it's brilliant. Well, you know, we figured since we've toured with, terrible bands for the last couple of years it was finally time to get somebody good fuck yeah that's what i'm talking yeah. about i was really excited to see napalm on the bill i mean what it was no i'm over the moon about that you know i've been listening to napalm death for a long long time so to have them on on the road with us is great you know i think it adds some you know them and bands like i hate god i think it's definitely adding some legitimacy to the metal card you know on this one, you know, cause it, you know, I'm not going to name names, but you know, we've toured with some not so heavy bands yeah. or some even uh, bands that you would think are put together by the industry, you know, in the last couple of years. And I didn't always agree with those choices, but you know, trying to uh, broaden the audience here and bring some new blood in, you know, and actually warp tour was, a was a, good testament to that you know after warp tour there was a lot of kids at the shows that may not have seen us before in unless we did that warp tour so that was pretty cool yeah it's nice to see and I, I noticed at the at the pittsburgh show there were a ton of kids there and a ton of old people like you, you guys have you guys have made it you're i think you can you can call yourselves a legacy act at this point would you agree with that eh, almost you know it's like this is it took a lot just to even want to to revisit a purely scum dogs set, you know, because we don't want to be this antiquated band that just kind of rests on their own laurels. And, and because we do have plenty of new stuff coming out, but oh, the wow. way things are going, you know, you're not going to see a new record till next year. So mm -hmm. it was like, well, why not? You know, let's just, let's just keep working on this behind the curtain and uh, we'll give the fans something special. You know, well, you, you definitely did. I mean, the, the show's great, but like like we were saying earlier, that lineup is the best the best lineup I've I've seen on a Guar tour ever. And I'm uh, 
I'm, I'm happy that, that you're happy about that. Do you think, though, that that brings in new people? But with like an old older act like Napalm Death and I Hate God, do you get do you get like the true metalheads that are like, I don't want to stick around for Guar and then you end up converting them? Yeah, maybe, um, you know, can you still hear me? Yeah, fuck yeah. All right. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think uh, a lot of the I think a lot of metal fans would be into Guar no matter what. Yeah. But then you do have, um, you know, if we're touring with like a shitty band, maybe those fans would stay away. <laughs> but there's no telling. Because, you know, there, you might you might get some uh, you might get fans from that other band coming up. And, you know, and you can tell you can really tell when the bands you have as support, if they're bringing anybody in or not. You know, and there's been plenty of tours where it's like you can just tell there's nobody there to see them. They're just waiting for us. And, but this is not one of those times. You know, there are a lot of diehards coming out to, to see Napalm and I. God, it is, it is great. You can tell by their enthusiasm. You can tell by um, the, the merch that they're selling. You can tell by how into all the songs that they are. And, you know, even me, I'm like I said, I'm I'm big into Napalm. So, yeah. Uh, that part is great. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's bands that I haven't seen on the road because I didn't want to, I didn't want to sit through a shitty package if I only wanted to see one group, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, especially now that, you know, all the bands were coming out of isolation and out of the pandemic and every band's trying to tour. And like at the end of the day, there's only so much money you can spend to go see the bands you like. So it, it comes down to, to the package, I think. And I think you guys fucking nailed it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta bring you gotta bring it bring a package that people can't afford not to see, you know. And I think to see Guar and Napalm Death together is that's pretty intense. Yeah, man, it's it's fucking it's it's awesome. Unfortunately, Napalm wasn't at the uh, the Pittsburgh show I went to see, but we're gonna we're gonna come down and catch you guys again next month in DC. And Napalm's on the bill, so I'm really stoked to see that Napalm. Like I like you said, is one of my very favorite bands of all time. So. What's it like touring with touring with those guys? Do you get to do you get to hang out? Are there do you have any any funny party stories with I Hate God and Napalm Death? Because I can imagine that that would be crazy. Uh, you know, everybody's getting older, so it's not as interesting as one might think. You know, it's like I spend my time with uh, I do I do a lot of pre workout before I go to sleep because it gives me the energy I need to get a good night's sleep. And, um, <laughs> but some of the guys, you know, just read books, you know, I hate God parties their fucking ass off. So that has led to, uh, an interesting, an interesting vibe after every show, to say the least, you know, there's already been like fights at the merch table and people falling downstairs and shit. So <laughs> I mean, that's there, there are stories to be told, but you know, Hey man, code of the road. I can't divulge too much. Oh yeah, no, for sure. But. I, that's funny though because like i know napalm at least barney is super healthy you know and i know i hate god just they're they're the real deal man they they practice what they preach mm -hmm. so you got you got to respect that and they're they're a hell of a show too if any anybody out there is going to see this tour don't skip i hate god because they were they they kind of blew me away um and you guys you you guys are great what's your favorite what, what's your favorite part of your set like the what you get to do out on this tour <sighs> i mean well blothar and i get to eiffel tower uh chick on stage every yeah, that's pretty cool 
yeah, that's that's kind of the dream, man. You kind of you kind of, where do you go from there? It is. I mean, you can uh, we we always you got a high five in the middle of it because that's what that's what makes the towel is yeah. is the high five. Um, so that I mean that's 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 a beautiful moment. It's a, it's like a team building exercise that that we do on stage. So I, I'm really happy with that. I am too, man. I appreciate it. And this leads fucking poetically into the next topic that I wanted to talk to you about is our current, uh, our current state of the world with cancel culture and people being offended by every fucking thing. And I can imagine that Guar can be a target for shit like that. And how, how do you guys, how do you guys handle that? You know, it's an odd thing. I'm just ready to be canceled at any point in the <laughs> at any moment in time well, you know like but people get canceled think, for nothing and you're eiffel towering chicks on stage but you're guar so you're allowed in a way which i think i, I agree with <laughs> you know i think a lot of it is um I, people like to say that there's there's a there's not cancel culture it's a consequence culture well you know i think that's that's half right you know i think there there certainly is a ridiculousness of quote unquote cancel culture that, you know, people like to leave out, you know, sure. People do get canceled because they're doing something immoral or just something that's just a universally agreeable. It is a terrible thing, you know, sure. We, they, that exists, but you know, there's also stuff like shit that is just a small difference of opinion and people think they should get canceled for it. And, or, you know, maybe somebody just makes a mistake. And whereas uh, a very humorous Halloween costume that uh, some other people don't think is very humorous, you know, but when it comes down to shit like that, it's really just, it, it boils down to ownership. Like, do you fucking own what you did? Because if you take a step backwards, you will get railroaded to death. And that's when they will, you know, the insane the left will just consume you. The left eat their own first. So, I mean, if you show a moment of weakness, they'll just tear you a new one and end you. You know, I think so the whole key to survival uh, on the left side of the tracks is to not ever lose that foothold. You know, don't back down, own what you do and uh, take that shit head on. And I think that you're a harder target that way. You know, fucking, uh, obviously there's not much cancel culture existing on the right side of things, but the right side of the fence, but you know, are you super ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they're, but they, you know, I, I think that version was already dealt with through like in the eighties and nineties dealing with the PMRC and things like that, which, you know, a lot of people nowadays are too young to remember what actually was going down there, which it was essentially uh, censorship, you know, coming from the right. And it was fought very, very hard, you know, by the whole arts and music community. And uh, but nowadays, I think that uh, that whole system is being perpetrated all over again. It's just now the tables are turned. Yeah, it's like come full circle in a way, like eating our own tail, which is the, yeah, the left tries to cancel war. And that's kind of ridiculous. I didn't think that anybody was, but I know that, you know. You guys have been in the in the media, especially when uh, Odorous died and, the, you know, the when you've had a female lead singer and there was some controversy of how that went down. And you guys seem like just a, a way too easy target if anybody's having a bad day. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, even even that stuff, it's like there was no controversy. It was just people wanted to see it. They want, you know, humans uh, thrive on hate and just virile nastiness. And, you know, they they will try to create, um, you know, controversy where there is none, create conflict. And uh, you could just tell, you know, you scroll through your Twitter feed or whatever, you know, things like Loudwire just have excerpts from somebody's interview where it's taken out of context and they just want you to, they're trying to generate feelings of anger and anxiety in their viewing public. So they're attracted to, they, to consume these things. And that's what the nightly news has been doing for, you know, since its inception, you know, it keeps you hooked based on fear and that fear and anger keep you coming back to get riled up time and time again. You know, it's, uh, it's been proven that uh, feelings of love take a long time to uh, develop, but, you know, f- a feeling of anger, fear, or resentment can happen in an instant. So, but those things are also engaging. And that's what social media is engineering humans to do is just engage in this stuff that gives you fucking ulcers and keeps you up at night, which is pretty despicable. But then again, I don't really care. I think uh, yeah. it's just an extension of human suffering. So, of course, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I feel like that's why it's important that we have have things like Guar now, you know, not to get too serious about Guar because you guys are totally ridiculous and, you know, extreme well, just, on every yeah. level. But it's it's just good conversation and, and dialogue. You know, yeah. I think that part of part of what art is, is being able to point out, I know, society's flaws in a satirical manner and uh with without the ability to do that you pretty much lose the ability just to talk about things in general which is what uh you know humans are also afraid to ever address the elephant in the room should the topic be something that's taboo you know it's like you can speak about all kinds of different things and have disagreements disagreements on it but there's just a few topics that are extremely hands-off and, you know, it just it just limits the ability to move forward. But again, I don't care. You know, if we lived in the Stone Age, I'd be happy. It's, it's whatever. Sure, man. And do you feel like that's uh, kind of Guar's way of not being, quote unquote, canceled or, or offending people is because you just don't give a fuck and you're just going to keep doing what you're doing, what you're doing, no matter what? Pretty much. Yeah, I feel like more people should handle it that way, man. You know, it's not, you know, not everybody can be in Guar. So, but I'm sure, you know, our, our, our past will expire someday. Well, that kind of brings me to something I wanted to ask you too, is do you see this band ending like Guar could, you know, they could live on like, I'm, I'm sure Kiss is going to tour long after Gene Simmons and Ace Freely are dead. Someone's, or, uh, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are gone because people are going to put on their makeup and, and keep going out at it. Do you, do you feel like Guar, is, that's a possibility for you guys, or will it end when you guys want it to? I mean, that's, that's the goal is to eventually make money without having to do anything. So right. if, if, I could, if I could hire uh, migrant workers from different countries to play our instruments and tour while we take a majority of the profit that would be amazing you know we're just enslaved the human race like you've been doing you know and just take their money yeah i mean that would yeah. be fine too uh but yeah no i mean guar 
I would hope could last a thousand years. And I think what's, what's going to end up happening, I think my realistic uh, vision of the future is that, you know, I'm just trying now to claw my way to the top and take the band over. And once I get to that position and everybody's fired and it's only me left, then I'm just going to fucking hate it because it's not going to be the same. And then I'm just- <laughs> Well, I'd imagine it's it's pretty demanding to be in in Guar. You know, you got to play in those uh, alien skins, and uh, if you're playing outside, like at Warp Tour in 100 degree weather, I'm sure that's that's pretty hellish. And I don't know if a a lot of people are going to line up to do that and give it give it all all it takes. Because um, anybody who's seen Guar or knows your music, I mean, it's goofy. It's not super serious, but it, it's a very serious uh, operation that I feel like is a is a ton of work that maybe not a lot of people are going to be down with. Well, everybody wants to do it until they realize you make one hundred and twenty five dollars a week. Yeah, <laughs> there's that, too. There's that, too. That's with a lot of things, too, man. But as long as you're putting that to in the right place, that's that's great. Which, um, like I said, I don't even get I don't even get that money. I have to get the weed that I'm given and I have to turn in turn sell that, you know, and good luck trying to sell weed on the streets in a place like California. It's like, I got to hold it until we get to like someplace like Salt Lake. And then there you then go. I sell it to the Mormon kids. There you go. You're, well, you're doing them a service. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, how did you survive or how did Guar or you personally, uh, how'd you, how'd you survive the pandemic, man? What did, uh, what did you do? Did you guys go back to your home planet Were you, were you captured here? Did no, uh, I got invest. I made a lot of wise investments, you know, uh, really? a lot of uh, human trafficking rings. Uh, really? You know, it, it all kind of started with cryptocurrencies and figuring out how we could spend such such uh, new diverse streams of revenue. And, um, you know, but yeah, I don't know if you guys are aware, but you can use cryptocurrency to buy human beings you know, yeah. for, for whatever. You know, I'm I'm simply just, you know a supplier, if you will. So I don't, you know, I don't judge my customers. We don't judge here. So it's just like, if you want to use them for yard work or, you know, keep them in your basement for sexual activities, we don't judge. So all I do is, you know, I, I'm, I'm given a list of uh, description of what somebody wants within a certain age group. And then I drive around a white van around neighborhoods and uh, I, I fill the orders. Well, man, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out for you. Crypto's crypto's the way to go. You heard it here first, kids. Invest. How do you? Yeah. Um, we did. We basically did the same thing. So, so no worries there. What? Uh, going back to your pre-workout before bed ritual. How does how does one stay in shape to tour with Quar? Crunches. 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 Right. Captain Crunch. I thought you guys Amber just painted off those abs. Crunch berries, <laughs> all the all three crunches. Do you? But do no, you, you know, twelve ounce pearls. There you go. But uh, staying in shape. Well, you know, I don't know if you've seen the band lately, but I don't think there's there's much of anybody staying in shape. Do you uh, try yeah. to stay in shape? Is there some sort of physical activity or weightlifting routine? No, I think I think these guys just try to stack the deck against them health wise. Yeah, that's rock and roll, though. You know, God, it's fucking awful. Do you, do you feel awful? <laughs> Does everybody feel awful? Or are they all right? 
I feel amazing. I feel amazing every second of every day. But I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else. Well, what do you do to keep yourself healthy besides not do drugs and alcohol anymore? I do drugs and alcohol every all the time. That's how I feel amazing. Uh, No, I'd fucking take a full scoop of Jekyll and Hyde. Then I'll argue with the crew for about three hours and then take a power nap, wake up and take another scoop and then just do the show. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Is that a, is that a common thing amongst uh, touring musicians to take pre-workout before the show? Or are you starting a trend? I'm trying to start a trend. I I think <laughs> I don't. I mean, people. There's a lot of people that don't know what it is. You know, and it's just like. But yeah. if you t- if you take pre-workout and don't work out, you're just a ball of fucking rage, just ready to explode. You know. Yeah, you're just all full of niacin, nervous. all itchy just nervous energy, skin tingling. And, you know, I think it's amazing. And I think it's, I think it's hilarious. And I think it is the perfect thing to take before zoom meetings, you know, before uh, intense phone call, before interviews, you know, it just gets wired gets you off. And it's perfect to to argue with people and you don't even know why you're upset. I think it's great. It's great. Well, we're uh, currently developing our own line of supplements. So when our pre-workout rolls in, maybe we can get, maybe we can get a little uh, guar collaboration on our, on our pre-workout. We can form it. Oh, we can absolutely. Form it. Send it, send it to me so I can abuse it recreationally. That would yeah. be it. Can get a video of you trying to snort it on TikTok and market it to all the kids. We'll make a kill. Oh, Sounds beautiful. Done, man. Well, with that, I'm going to, this is going to bring us to our last question that we ask everybody. Thank you for your time, by the way. This has been a ton of fun and I'm really grateful for you to come on, man. So thank you. But uh, at one question we always ask everybody at the end, you being a guitar player, I'm uh, very interested to hear. What is your favorite Black Sabbath album? Mm. No pressure. I don't know. Do you like Black Sabbath? We get a lot of people that say fuck Black Sabbath. So, I mean, there's no no pressure. We just, it's our favorite band. So we ask everybody. You know, I, I don't know. It's maybe a toss up between four and Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. But, um, you know, I really do. I mean, I don't know. Masters of Reality was the first one I got. So, I mean, that was just it's it's that's hard to say and plus you know sabbath i don't know it's one of those bands where i if you if we were saying like something like judas priest i like everything they do front to back on every record it's not a bad song but when it comes to like sabbath it's like eh, there's a lot of songs i skip <laughs> but I, I do love sabbath but yeah i don't like everything they've ever done and yeah i do like the dio stuff as well yeah and, you know ozzy's obviously the uh the godfather there for sure, man. Those two records are great, though. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Volume 4. Excellent, man. Yeah. What's your favorite Judas Priest record, then, just out of curiosity? Because I'm equally as huge of a fan of Priest. Probably uh, Screaming for Vengeance. Yeah, it's classic. But, you know, I like, uh, you know, Point of Entry a lot as well. Yeah, Point of Entry is underrated, I feel like. There's a lot of bangers on there. Front to back, yeah. actually. It's great. Would you ever? Dude, I, dude, I fucking love Turbo. You know, and it's like people are, like, oh, those, those are bad records. It's like, no, oh, fuck off. That shit was awesome. It's all, yeah. There's, there's nothing bad about Judas Priest, and they're still going. Oh, 
as ever, man. I like Turbo more than Painkiller. I, I kind of have to agree with you there, honestly. Man, that, that's a controversial fucking uh, opinion there, but yeah, they're both, but they're both great. You know, I just like if I'm if I'm listening to one, that's that's the one I'm listening to more than the other. But whatever, I like it all. That's it's all rock and roll. Stained Glass is, is another one that's underrated. Fantastic album. They're, they can't. Oh, yeah. Would why doesn't Guar ever open for Judas Priest? Let's make that happen. I would if we could do that. I'd suck Rob Halford's dick. I would. I would. Yeah, that's what I was. I was getting at. I feel like he'd be down with like all all you guys do on stage. Yeah, it'd be amazing. So would I. Well, I hope to see you there someday. If not, I'll. I'll uh, we're gonna be at the DC show. I'll try to catch you in DC, man. And uh, thank you for doing all you do. You can go back to your pre workout. Oh wait, we're playing. Judas Priest Bloodstock. We're playing Bloodstock next year. There we go. Yeah, so maybe you have a chance to see me give Rob Halford fellatio on stage. All right, as long as you market our pre-workout before you do it, we got to do. I'd be, a, I'd want to give it to him, but I, he's he's getting so old. I don't want to give the old man a heart attack. Right, that's true. Yeah, we got to preserve the priest while we can. The Godfather of heavy metal. We got to keep him healthy. Well, man. No. I'm going to burn a city down when he dies in a, as a tribute. Yeah, there we go. We made yeah. it. We made it happen. Thanks again, brother. I'm uh, you're, I'm honored to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Hope to see you soon, brother. Have a good All night. Right. Have a good night. Good tour. Check it. Don't tell me what to do. I won't, but thank you anyway.